I think I've begun a series on the church. We've dealt with um, the birthing of the church. What is the church? And today we are looking at marks of a true church. Marks of a true church. Marks of a true church. When we say a mark, what is a mark? A mark is a distinguishing feature. A mark is something that distinguishes one thing from another. Are you with me here? That's why those days they used to give tribal marks. So every tribe had a mark. And now they still do it. When I was young, they gave me one, but my skin said I will not, I will not take it. Hey, I, I, they gave me one heel, but I don't know what happened. The skin said this skin, I will take it. Hey, hmm. so a mark is a what? Distinguishing what? Feature. Are you with me here? So you can mark a building, you can mark a car, you can mark something, and a mark allows you to identify a thing from another. That's why lands are giving marks. The side plans, they have plot numbers. Those are marks. Are you with me here? And that's why we even have a, a, a term called landmarks. What's a landmark? Any building or property that allows you to identify a particular place. You see that? So if you are going to a place, you can say, oh, um, our church, there is this by our church, or there is this opposite our, my house. That thing becomes a landmark. It marks a land. I pray that may you be a landmark. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Now we are dealing with what? Marks of a church. Or marks of a true church. Now the church began with the first apostles of Jesus Christ. About 2,000 years ago. When Jesus was about to go, he called his disciples and gave them a commission. And he told them to go into all nations and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever he has commanded them. Are you with me here? And Jesus went on and said that everyone who believes in him, certain signs and wonders will be done by the hands and in his name. They shall cast out devils. Are you with me here? So, when the day of Pentecost came, the church was birthed. They received power. Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until the gift of my father has come upon you. And what was the gift? The Holy Spirit. So on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came upon them and that was when the church was birthed. Am I talking to somebody? As a matter of fact, the New Testament begins, the New Testament in Jesus Christ begins on the day of Pentecost. Okay? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John's stories are actually Old Testament stories. They are all still in the Old Testament, even though they are in New Testament books. Am I talking to somebody here? So, the New Testament actually begins after Jesus died, but it, it is actually made manifest on beginning from the very day of Pentecost. That's why Peter began to tell them, this is what was prophesied by Prophet Joel. We look at that um, on the first day we're dealing with this. And Peter began to draw their attention. This is what we have been waiting for. So that's where actually the New Testament begins. Are you with me or you have gone home? 
So, the church began with the first apostles of Jesus, which was headed by the apostles. To know how a church should be today, we must know how the church was in the first churches or in the first church of Jesus Christ. Or to know how our churches must be, we must look at the book of Acts to know how our churches must be. Am I talking to somebody here? So, the Bible says in Genesis chapter uh, chapter 2 or so, it says, so, therefore, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall go and be with his wife, and the two shall become one. So, marriage is a cause, and the cause was that God said it is not good for the man to be alone. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, in order for us to understand what marriage exists for, we must go and look at what? Where marriage began from. Am I talking to somebody here? That's why we say that the marriage between a man and a man are not marriage. It's not marriage. The marriage between a woman and a woman is not marriage. Hey, you don't like the message? Because when we go to the beginning, in the beginning it was not what? So in order to understand what a church is, or what a true church is, we must look at the true church of Jesus Christ, which he built by the help of the apostles and the disciples of Christ 2,000 years ago. Then we can use that. I told you that when we began, I told you that a time is going to come, we are going to know if we are really a proper church or we are not a proper church. Hey! That's how we are going to look. If we are really a proper church. If we are true Christians or we are not true Christians. Because you can be in church and be doing all kinds of things and say, you know, you know, this is a church, this is our church. You know, we are, we are, we are powerful, we are but when we put you side by side the Bible, remember, last Sunday or so, or last Thursday, we were talking about the fact that some of them who had lands went and sold their lands and came and gave to church. Hey! Hey! Now in our time today, if you go and sell even your mobile phone and come and give it as a seed, your own beloved will call you and say, you're a fool. Your husband will say, I will end this marriage with you. But the husband could be a church elder, a church elder. As soon as we are having church and they say we are doing progress, you know, we need to buy a car for pastor. Then the husband will, you see him get up and he start coming from, we need somebody 10,000. As soon as he's coming, the wife who is a, a dickness will be looking at him. So we say, you today, I will wear jeans. Today I wear jeans. The whole of this month I'm wearing jeans. I'm wearing jeans the whole of the month. Somebody said jeans with a belt. Metal jeans. I don't remember when. But I, I think that thing has happened to me some time ago, but I don't remember. Somebody came and gave me a kit. I don't know if it was a laptop or a mobile phone or something. And after the person gave me the gift, I was then the person came back and said, I'm taking back. My gift. Huh. I'm taking back my gift. <laughs> Why? I think he said my beloved or something like, or my mother. I've forgotten the story. I said, oh, no problem, no problem, no problem. I gave it back to the person. Huh. <laughs> hey. Mercy. Somebody say mercy. So we are saying that if we want to know the mark of a true church, we must look at the first church. 
Now, what are the marks of the true church? I've outlined 12 of them by the grace of God. We're going to look at them one after the other. And I believe God is going to help us to advance. And I want you to give, I want you to give me rapt attention and follow what we're going to do here. And I believe God is going to help us. Can I get an amen to that? Point one of a true church. Point one of a true church is that a true church has doctrine. Or the point one mark of a true church is doctrine. Point one, doctrine. Doctrine. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine. A true church continues in the apostles' doctrine. Now, what is doctrine? Doctrine refers to the truths of scripture. Doctrine refers to the truths of scripture which are meant to be taught and practiced. So the things that the Bible talks about, the thing the Bible depicts, which are meant to be taught again, and which are meant to be practiced, are called doctrines. Are you with me here? I've gone. Now, if you do systematic theology, you'll find out that there are more doctrines in the Bible. We have the doctrine of God, the Father called theology proper. We have the doctrine of the Son called Christology. We have the doctrine of the Holy Spirit called uh, pneumatology. We have the doctrine of the church, which is actually what we are doing, ecclesiology. We have the doctrine of um, end times called eschatology. We have the doctrine of um, um, sin, the doctrine of sin called, who says seniology? Who said seniology? The doctrine of sin called hamatology. 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 Hama is sin. In Greek, Hama is sin. Hamatology. We have the doctrine of angels called angelology or so. We have the doctrine of demons called demonology. I know that one here is common. Demonology. Because of Archbishop Nicholas Dakawila, we all know demonology, right? Demonology is there. And then we have uh, um, the doctrine of man, which is... Uh, that one, I don't know. I, I've forgotten. I think it's anthropology or something. That one is fine. And it's a homework. Go and do it as homework. Amen? Now, in all these doctrines, like if you pick the doctrine of sin, we are going to look from Genesis to Revelation. What does the Bible teach about sin? Do you understand? When we look at the, the doctrine of holiness, what does the Bible teach about holiness? When we look at prayer, what does the Bible teach about prayer? When we look at uh, giving, what does the Bible teach about giving? Recently, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a pastor say that um, we don't give to be blessed. The Bible doesn't teach that we give to be blessed. Rather, we give to honor God. Hey. And that is not true. From Genesis to Revelation, God has tied a blessing to giving. But the blessing begins by honor. So anytime we give to God, we're actually honoring Him. But God has said that when you give to honor me, I will give them. He said, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first one. He said, then shall your bars be full. Am I talking to somebody? Jesus said, give it shall be given to you good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over shall men give unto you. So he said, give. He didn't even say, give money. He said, anything you give, and money is part of it. 
throughout scripture, it is taught that when we give, God releases a blessing. He said, bring all your tithe into my storehouse that they may be meet in my house and test me therefore and see if I not open the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing. But this pastor was teaching, no! It's not biblical! And this is a very popular pastor with a, a doctor's degree in theology. A doctor's what? So, for a church to be a true church, it must continue in the apostles' doctrine. Let me tell you something. A lot of times, now some of you say, these things, AFM, why are you not teaching us? Just teach us um, how to brush our teeth. These things, why are you teaching us these things? I'm teaching you this thing because I know somebody is telling you a lie. Am I talking to somebody here? I know whether you like it or not, we are in a generation where people are saying all kinds of things about the Bible, about the church, about Christianity, which are not actually true. Hey. And so, when we teach, we must make sure that we teach and teach it well for the people to understand and understand well. Am I talking to somebody? Now, when you look at the New Testament, the, the New Testament, beginning from Acts, all the way to Revelation, or let, we can take Revelation out. Jude, which is the last but one book of the Bible, you will see that everything the apostles were teaching were actually um, teachings about the finished work of Christ. When we talk about the finished work of Christ, what are we talking about? We are talking about what Christ came to do for us so that we can love God and serve God and follow God without blame and blemish. Are you with me here? Yeah? Now, they did not just teach it from the Gospels. They rather taught it from the Old Testament. That's why even in the book of Acts chapter 2, when you go up, you see that Peter, by beginning, starts saying, this is what was spoken by, by who? The prophet Joel. Where is Joel? Old Testament. What of Acts chapter 7, when Stephen was... was Trying to teach the, the believers that meant. Where was he quoting from? He was quoting from Genesis. He was quoting from Exodus. He was quoting from Deuteronomy. He was quoting from the Old Testament. All the apostles, Paul, Peter, James, John. When James was teaching about prayer, he didn't use Jesus. He used Elijah. Am I talking the truth? So the apostles were actually explaining the Old Testament in light of Jesus Christ. So all the New Testament books are actually a commentary of the Old Testament. When we say a commentary, what are we talking about? An explanation of the Old Testament in light of what Christ has come to do for us. So much that James is the brother of Jesus and he still says that we must pray fervently. The brother of Jesus Christ too. And you are you are the brother of Obing David. Or you are the brother of Comfort, Comfort Gamel. You are the, the, the sister, of, the brother of Comfort Gamel. And you are saying, yeah, it's not true. In the New Testament, God already loves us. As soon as I just want something, God will do it for me. The brother of Jesus is saying that he's comparing a New Testament saint to Elijah who prayed there. Brother. So why are we saying this? We are saying that the New Testament is a commentary of the Old Testament. Do you know commentary? You did commentary in literature, right? Did you go to school? Did you do literature? 
Don't look at me that way. Look at me. I'm teaching something. I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm just saying something. Hey, are you with me here? A commentary. Commentary is like somebody has written something, but you are coming to expand it and explain it further. Am I talking to you here? And so, the New Testament, all the way from especially um, some parts of the book of Acts, and then um, right from Romans. You see Romans, you see Paul talking about Abraham, talking about Isaac, talking about Sarah, talking about all these old... The whole book of Romans is Moses. Then somebody says, the Old Testament is a cake. It is not true. As a matter of fact, what they refer to as doctrine was actually Old Testament. Let me show you a scripture in the book of... This scripture in the book of uh, 1 Timothy. In 2 Timothy instead. Chapter 3 verse... Uh, let's start from verse 13 or so. I, we will get to the verse 15, but that's a very popular scripture. But I want us to look at the verse 13. That was okay, verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Look at what Paul is saying, and let's see. Uh -huh, are you there? But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Am I talking to somebody here? And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Is it in your Bible? Is that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures? Which one was he referring to as Holy Scriptures? Old Testament. Old Testament. And Paul is saying that from a child, Timothy has known the Holy Scriptures. Look at what he said the Holy Scriptures, Holy Scriptures are able to do to him. Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Ah, where are we? Go to. Where are we? 15. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. He says the Old Testament is able to make a man wise unto salvation. Jesus said, oh, the Old Testament is done away with. Wait, before the Old Testament, where were the apostles, apostles teaching from? They were teaching from, before the New Testament, they were teaching from the Old Testament. Look at it. Which is able to make you wise unto salvation through who? Through who? Through who? Faith, which is in who? Jesus Christ. So I told you that their commentary was based on what? Explain the Old Testament through Jesus Christ. So he's telling them that. He's telling them, he's telling, he's telling um, Timothy that. From a child, when you were a little boy, you knew the scriptures. And these scriptures were able to make you wise unto salvation. I don't think at that time Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were better. When Peter stood on the day of Pentecost and was preaching, they were saved. There were no New Testament. Is it true? It's not true. So the apostles' doctrine is all the teachings of scripture. Which we are supposed to teach in light of Jesus Christ. Am I talking to somebody here? So we are saying that we are teaching about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ, the Passover Lamb. Jesus Christ, the living waters. Jesus Christ, the lily of the valley. Am I preaching the word of God here? 
And so, the first mark of a true church, you are welcome. The first mark of a true church, follow me, is what? Is what? Again? Again? Good. So verse 42 says that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Point two. The second mark of a true church is fellowship. Acts for Acts 2:42 fellowship. Fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. Fellowship. Every true church must have fellowship. Fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. What is fellowship? Togetherness. Fellowship is togetherness. I'm teaching on marks of a true church. Every church must have togetherness. Every church must have a sharing of responsibilities. A sharing of the word of God. A sharing of love. A sharing of gifts. Fellowship there also means meeting continually. So, they were meeting. They were uh, listening to the apostles' doctrine. And the second thing they were doing is they were meeting constantly for fellowship. And I told you that what is a church? A church is the gathering of saved people. So as we have met here, what are we doing? We are having a what? We are having what? We are having what? Fellowship. So the New Testament church, the second thing that marked them was that they were always having fellowship. And the funny part of it, the interesting part of it is that they were meeting in people's houses. So as a church... If we must be a true church, we must also be able to meet in people's houses. Don't go to Braben's house and do concern. You have gone to another church member's house and all you know is concern. You go to a church member's house and do you know what you go to do? You go to watch a movie. As soon as you get to your other church member, ah, I'm told that the new um, legend of the seeker season, this thing has come. House of the Dragon. Episode 6 has come. Have you downloaded it? Yes, I've downloaded it. Okay, okay. Pull it out and let's watch. Pull it out and let's watch. Not at all. It is very important that when we meet as brothers, we must discuss about God. That's why you cannot spend time with me and I'm not talking about God. I'm always talking about God because that is fellowship. We must be able to meet in houses Anytime you, we should be able to visit one another, call one another on phone, and, and have fellowship, discuss about the word of God, discuss about, and, and also discuss about holiness, discuss about prayer, discuss about anything that will help us get better in our work with God. And that's why we have WhatsApp pages. Is not true? And what is the purpose of a WhatsApp page? Fellowship. So that while you are far away somewhere, you can still have communion and chat and converse about 
the kingdom about God even though you are not together. And thank God for technology. Thank God for technology. That we can meet online and pray. We can meet online, listen to the word of God. And that is fellowship. And every true church must have fellowship. If we don't have fellowship, we don't have a church. If every time we come to church, we are just sitting down frowning our face. Sister Moody, brother frowned. Frown face. These are your faces. Me, if I laugh, they will say that I'm not serious. If I laugh, they will say I'm not serious. Your face is like a, a something. Hey! We should be able to laugh together after church. You should be able to hang around and take pictures and talk with somebody and then and chat and gist and talk about, oh, I like your hair. It's nice. Oh, I like your shoe. Did I saw that you were writing. By the way, where's your other, where's your Bible? That's fellowship. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, where's your Bible? Where's your Bible? Where's your Bible? Where is your Bible? Where's your Bible? Where's your notebook? Where's book? Where is your notebook? Have you downloaded a message on Podbeam? Have you downloaded a message on the podcast? Ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, have you downloaded a message? But you are on TikTok every day. But you are not on Podbeam. You are not on, on Telegram. Hey. Ask your neighbor. You have Pabobo song on your phone. Pa, pa, you have Pabobo. You have pa, Why is adult music? You <laughs> You have power bubble. Power bubble on your phone. Alex, now stand up. You have power bubble on your phone. You don't have my message on your phone. Hey, look at somebody's face. Now, Alex, now go around and look at the face and ask them, do you have power bubble or you have AFM? Do you have power bubble? Select your, your people. Select your followers. Do you have power bubble? Rabbi has power bubble. Eh? Hey, who? You have Your hair like a doctor. Your hair like an engineer. Your hair like a bishop. I've changed my answer. If I insult you, I'll insult you in a different way. Bishop Dark said the best way to insult your children is to insult them with good things. Your head like money. <laughs> so now I've changed my insults. Yeah. Your head like a long cruiser. Yeah. Your head like a mansion. Your head like an aeroplane. Yeah. That's a better. Your head like a doctor's head. Yeah. And yeah, would you condone? <laughs> That's why because your dinner Oh, amen. You you say, oh, as for Akwabwadi, his songs have sense, but by me, my message they don't have sense. They don't have sense. Fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. I didn't hear you say fellowship. Point three, the mark of a true church is breaking of bread. 
communion. Every true church must have communion. According to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Bible says that even in the book of Matthew again, Jesus said that do this as often as you meet. I said, and as we do this, we do what? We do remember the Lord's death until he comes. So, by having communion, the bread and the wine, last two Sundays or so, we had communion. A true church must have communion. The reason is that when we do it, we are remembering the death of Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago. So, do not take the communion for granted because he said, and they continued what? Steadfastly. In breaking of bread. It's time for you to also break bread in your house. Hey. Some of you when your beloved visits you. Hey. You know what you do. Instead of going to pull out some bread and come out and put it on the table. And say that let's have communion. You have come. Let's pray now. Thank you Lord in the name of Jesus. Then you bring out cup. You take a cup, you pour coke, you pour coke. Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you that let this relationship bring forth destinies and may life be transformed. Then when you are done, you do what? You break bread. <laughs> when you are done, you say bye-bye to each other. <laughs> Nothing should be done. Nothing must be done. How many things? Nothing must be done. As often as we meet, we must break bread. Break bread. As soon as the young rabbi landed, he broke bread. He broke bread. Ah, I went with the apostle. He went to his house as an apostle. He gave me bread. And they gave me that flat bread and communion. And I, I put it, I know if the necessity, so I put it inside my pocket and I, I slided into the room. If, where they, it's not like, like one day later, just like 30 minutes later. And I, I went and put the communion in the mouth. Break bread. Am I talking to somebody? I'm not talking to somebody here. <laughs> Who's the child of it? Your head like an engineer. Your head like an engineer. <laughs> go to, go to some families where the father is an alcoholic and the mother is an alcoholic. You will see that a six-month-old child is drinking alcohol. I've seen videos of such before. Yes. Yes. I break bread. My children must break bread. God said, I know my servant Abraham that he will command his household after me. I must command my household. Listen, my younger sisters don't listen to worldly music. My younger siblings, Charlotte and Samuel, they don't listen, they don't sing it. They don't mention it. That boy, he has a lot of work to do. 
As soon as he landed, he cried for 30 minutes. I said, hi. <laughs> he knew there is work to be done. <laughs> uh, don't mind him. Share. He has work to do. One past, pastor's wife came around and saw him and said, Hey, who are you? He said, Hey, who are you? He Amen. Fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. The next one is breaking of bread. Somebody say breaking of bread. And the fourth point is prayer. Somebody say prayer. Every true church must be a church of prayer. In the book of Acts, you constantly see them pray in people's houses. When they persecuted them, they prayed. When they brought Peter and James and they lashed them and John, they lashed them as soon as they got to the church, they said, let's say a voice of prayer. And the Bible said, when they prayed, the place in which they were shook. Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 12, when, when um, what's his name, Peter was put in jail, the Bible said, constant prayer was made. In Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas were in prison, prayer again. It's like, Prayer was the making of the church. If our church will grow, if our church will be sustained, if our church will advance, we must be a church of prayer. By the grace of God in the coming month, we are going to have prayer and prophetic festival. Azute Palaza. It's a good thing to clap. Prayer and prophetic. And embrace. Listen, do you notice that they said they continue steadfastly? It's something they were doing constantly. Every five minutes, somebody's praying. Makoso Kata, Mbaluasata. You see a carpenter, he's working in this carpentry shop. Randolu Zakai Balasata. A nurse is injecting somebody. Those that weren't injection, but he's injecting somebody. He's Mantulu Zuluzwa. You see a lawyer is about to step. Go and do some law works. Mandolu and No magic worker. You see, we must be a praying church. Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. What does it mean to pray without? Pray without stopping. Some people say, oh, I, but seven years ago I prayed about my marriage. Yes. What about now? Listen. He said, look. In the book of Luke, he said, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, saying, Men ought always pray and not faint. It's the same thing Paul is saying, pray without stopping. Am I talking to somebody here? Many years ago, when we were in, um, we were in Sunday school, we had a term called push, pray until something happens. You are looking at Amabia, I'm the one who brought that term. And she also came and held a meeting with you people, right? Push. Pray until something happened. I think in 2012, we used to have a meeting like that. We called it Push. Makubos, come and see young teenagers blasting in tongues. And Dolua, Zakolua, Barazia, Ivalia, Kobrondo, Satan. Listen, your destiny is tied to prayer. Your ministry is tied to prayer. Your future is tied to pray. I remember after SHS, I locked myself in the room. I said, Lord, place something upon my life that the nations will come and look for me. I refuse to be a normal Kotochrome guy that after school, that's the end of his life. Something must come upon my life. Every 12 hours a day, I was praying. 
Lord send me Lord use me or I die Lord use me or kill me Lord use me or I die Andilua Avandega Zakolua Evrantaya We must pray I said we must pray I said we must pray Just two days ago, I was with the young rabbi. Now a new story has come. The young rabbi. We are having an adventure. Is it that boy is an adventure? Me on an adventure, a new adventure. I'm learning new things. I put him down. I told the mother, we are coming to pray. Me and the young rabbi. And I put him down on the bed and I put some toy in his mouth they call it a pacifier now while he was doing I was lifting we are praying about this 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 and it was all prayers concerning his life and his destiny listen no witch can touch my child so, pastor's children, they get spoiled. Which pastor's ch- Me, my ch- Say, say, they, that, who's, which, which pastor, which? And when our children also become pastors, they say, these people, uh, they have turned their ministry to a business. Family business. If my child were to be a gay, you say I'm a really responsible father. I put him down. I said, young rabbi. I'm going to pray. Ratoso Kobala Batia Talaya. A Bele Kotuga and Brig is Kuba and Dinga and Dinga. We pray like one hour. And when we're done, I just did him baby car for then he's left. And it's something I'm going to keep doing with him. You may not understand. You see, there are some things I see in my life today. I prayed about them some years back. And when I see them happen, I'm like, ah. So this thing I was praying, it really was. I should have prayed better. <laughs> no, this church is not ready for the message. I'm not talking to somebody here. Don't let anybody deceive you that prayer does not work. When you pray, it goes into your future to do something. Your prayer goes into your future to prepare a way. children will be pastors. All my children will be pastors. They may be lawyers, they may be doctors, they may be engineers, but they will be pastors. It won't be false. They will not be forced. They will be prayed it. They will be prayed, they will be prayed it. They will be what? They prayed it. You think Sami and Godat are working out? You think they will, they will be pastors? <laughs> We are, we are all here. Oh, your doctor, there you will be. But this call, you will not escape. What is so beautiful about to be a doctor and be a pastor? 
to be a teacher and be a pastor, to be a lawyer and be a pastor. It is an honor to be a man of God. It is an honor. It is the greatest honor given to a man in this life. For you to be a servant of God, it is the greatest honor. Point what? Point five. Why is our scripture? Verse 43. The fifth point, which I may also come back and talk about something. That marks a real church, a true church, is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. As soon as the Bible said they pray, they studied scriptures, they prayed, they fellowship, they broke bread. The Bible said, and fear. The fear here is not the normal fear. And fear came of all people. So the fear of God, like people had reverence. For God, every true church must have a fear for God. To have a fear for God is seen in how you regard your pastor. How you regard your pastor. Because if I fear God, then I'll fear a man of God. And the fear is not like he can kill me. Respect, regard. Am I talking to somebody here? Regard. They had reverence. That's where the word from the word reverend is coming from. Like a reverend, like Reverend Micah Felix Azanduna. The reverend there is fear. And the fear is not like the fear for killing, but to put somebody in high esteem in such a way that you will not undermine the person or disrespect the person. I'm not talking to somebody here. And so that is the fear. The fear of God came upon every. Listen, if our church will experience a certain kind of revival, a certain kind of move of God, we must have the fear of God. Listen, the fear of God is what determines how you come to church. Why do you come to church on Sunday? You don't come on Thursday. You come on Thursday. You don't come on Sunday. You come on Sunday. The next Thursday you come late. You come on Thursday. The next Sunday you come late. You don't fear God. If you fear God. You place anything about God on high esteem. Who's wrong, your man? Don't fear God. Only God knows how much I spend on men of God. Only God knows. Only God knows, and how much I spend on myself. Only God knows. Only God knows. I fear God. I do what? I fear God. Do you fear God? Do we fear God as a church? Do we fear God as believers? The slightest bad thing we hear about a pastor, we start insulting. You say you fear God. Look, how you even come to church is a sign of a fear for God. How you come to church. How you come to church. Your timing in coming to the presence of God is a proof of your fear for God. It's a proof. 
Is it me? I've lived with my wife for some time. About four years or five years now. Since I've known my wife. If I don't know her for anything, I know her for fearing God. It's something that I've seen with my own eyes. I've seen with my own eyes. I've seen with my own eyes. I've seen. There are people when they marry pastors. One man, two man, no matter how anointed, they start taking them for granted. It's when they even come in public, when people don't run, it's because of their fans. You understand? When they come in public, they want to prove, oh, it's my husband. They start, because of the fans, when they come in their house, they don't fear. They don't, they don't have a regard. Look, even water to drink. Water, just common water to pick and drink. My wife will not allow me to take water. Common water and drink. Common water. Yeah. I'm telling you the truth. That's why on word in worship, I said that this woman is my Holy Spirit. It's a fear of God. Though. It's a fear of God. Because according to I am married to a man of God. If I can't do anything for her, for him, can't I serve him? And when I look at her life, I see the blessing of God, nat- a natural blessing of God. Like I see, it's not like it's my blessing that she's enjoying. There's a difference though. There's a grace upon a person because of who he's under. And there's a grace upon a person because of who he is. There are some people they are connected to it, but you see a certain blessing. No, this blessing is not the blessing. It's not because the person is married to this person or the person is with this person. It is a natural blessing. If you fear God, eh, there are certain blessings that will be upon your life. As a church. As a church. And I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in my wife's life. I've seen it. I look at them, I see, I see the fear of God. I see. I see. And me, I thank God that I married her. Because if I had married the daughter of Jezebel, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> daughter, may you not marry the daughter of Jezebel. Yeah. It's a good thing to clap. Tell you the truth. Sure. Your fear for God is seen in your regard for men of God. Your respect, your regard for men of God, your regard for spiritual things. Anytime I chat with a man of God or I chat with any of my fathers, I chat, and I see a need and I can provide a need, I quickly provide it without thinking about anything. Without thinking about anything. Because I fear God. And it was that fear that made them go and sell their properties and give to God. And they didn't bother themselves with anything. They didn't bother. We are too selfish that we don't fear God. We are too selfish. We don't fear God. We don't fear God. And if you are going to be a true church, you must fear God. Can't your neighbor ask your neighbor, neighbor, do you fear God? Hey, look, I can say so many things, oh. I can say a lot of things. But me, I've not been married for so long. Like some people say, we have been married for 10 years and this. But you see, you can just look at somebody and know that this person fears God. You understand? 
me to I think that my wife will say the same thing about me. I don't know, but if she there, she says that this guy here, he, he just pray. When I move AFM, so AFM, or maybe then after about me who's on your beat. But me, I think, I think one time I was preaching, I said, I said, me, I don't know about you, but I think maybe she sees me as a true man of God. I think because I've lived with her, she knows how I live when I'm home, how I do my things. Uh-huh. She sees me when I'm praying. Every small time I'm praying, every small time I'm singing, I'm always worshiping. Almost every time I'm singing. Almost every time. Almost every time. I'm praying. Two minutes, I'm recording something to somebody. I'm recording something. I'm teaching somebody something about You can ask her. The fear of God is coming upon somebody in this place. Listen. The fear of God is going to place a certain kind of heart towards other people. Because if you fear God, you will have a certain kind of disposition of care and love for another man. Because the Bible says that God made man in his own image and after his likeness. And so the thing you are doing to another man Somebody has put you in charge of his business and you are killing the business. You are a manager of a business. You are using the money, just money to build your own house. And he is still struggling to build a house. Do you fear God? You keep church money. You you are able to balance yourself well. And you are spending the money. Do you fear God? You are know how to balance it well. So money can vanish and we don't know where it vanished from. It vanished to. You are a bank cashier, bank manager. When somebody dies in Ghana, if it's when somebody dies that you know that the person doesn't have money, but he had money power. As soon as they find out, they know how to change the bank, the, the, the money in the bank. If it's 50,000, by the time they do all their calculations, it's level 12,000. Eh? <laughs> do you fear God? You go and steal money and come and give a portion of it as a seed to a pastor. <laughs> Do you fear God? <laughs> a side chick is coming to test. I want to testify to God. You know, uh, just this Sunday that this man that like I mean, is a family friend. Oh boy, your family be a friend. A family friend. He just bought me a Land Cruiser. Hey, how many family friends buy Land Cruisers? Hey, it's been God since day one, but we know it's not been God. It's been a shower since day one. It's been a shower. You don't fear God. What of church members? That a pastor is on their DP, but on their status, they are posting nude, um, people are shaking their buttocks. Even today, I, I, I was, I, I, I confronted a lady. Every day, there's a particular pastor on her status, on the DP, even on Facebook, there's a pastor, but on the status, I even screenshotted it. I can show you the, the screenshot. On her stuff, there's a pastor. Ah, I'm even going to, I have to call that pastor. I was going to call the pastor, but I felt like the pastor would be offended. But I have seen it for a long time that somebody, a pastor, is on her DP and on a status, 
She's posting in some of the things I can't mention them. I can't mention them. Ah, I've seen things on her status. And anytime I see, I say, hey, anytime I see, I can show you proof. Anytime I see those things, I say, hey, remove it. Anytime I say, I say remove it. And I'm sure that now she has muted me. Today I'll just scroll on Facebook and I saw, I think I have deleted those pictures. I've deleted them. Is this not the pastor's picture? Don't you know this pastor? Is this not the pastor's picture? That's a pastor's picture. That's a pastor's DP. That, a pastor is on the deep end. Look at what is on her. This thing. Look at what is there. Look at what is there. They don't fear God. They don't fear God. These days, our children, they are in church, bowing down to us, making noise about us. When they leave church, the kinds of lives they live, go to TikTok and see some of the things our children are posting there. Some of the things our choristers are posting on TikTok and Snapchat. What is wrong with us? We don't have the fear of God. And now when we lay hands, it doesn't work. Because look at the next verse. The next sign, I'm going to combine these two, these two, um, these two things. The next mark. What is the next mark of a true church? Write it down. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Miracle. Miracle. Miracles. Do you see that? Is it in your Bible? Look at it. And many wonders and signs. How many wonders? In Centrally Bebre, because no Muslim are Look, if you get God, eh? healings are easy in your life. Breakthroughs and testimonies are easy in your life because you have a fear for God. Nobody say you won't buy ever. Am I preaching the word of God or you're angry with me? Didn't I give you proof? I'm not lying. What of pastors who post their daughters? On their birthdays and the thing the girl is wearing. Happy birthday, my daughter. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of bikinis. I'm proud of half-naked girl wearing something with no underwears. Look, we are not kids, so. We are not kids. The ninis are there by easy much. If you a pastor, you post somebody like this on your status. What message are you telling us? That's the life you are living. That's the life you are living. And I'm a boy. That's the life you are living. We don't fear God. Many people don't fear God. That is why we don't see miracles, signs and wonders in our churches. We are praying, but the prayer is not working. We are fasting, but the fastings are not working. But the sign of a true church is signs, wonders and miracles. But because of the fear of God. 
I said, why? I asked her a question. I said, why did you? I screenshot from Facebook and I came and gave it to her WhatsApp. Then I asked her, why did you post it? Then why did you post it? She has not replied. The chat will continue. <laughs> as long as I have your number, I have a, I will check on you. That's why some people don't like me. They say I'm too frank. Let me ask a question. Why does how does a pastor huh, propose to a lady in a hotel room? And they post on social media. What are you doing in a hotel room? Not a hotel reception, restaurant. And they forgot it was a hotel room, they took pictures. Master, it means that you were always doing something. You didn't get church like after church like this, then you say hello, baby, will you marry? You couldn't do it in church. <laughs> hotel room, not hotel premises, room. Master, you can't explain yourself out of this. Lift your hand up and put it on your head and say, Lord, have mercy on me. So we are saying that the sieve, is that the sieve? The sieve mark of a true church is what? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Don't let anyone deceive you that signs, wonders, and miracles have been done away with. God still does miracles today. God still does signs and wonders today. Signs and wonders are things that happen and it is strange. You cannot explain it. They happen in your life. They happen in a meeting and it is strange and you know this is a sign do you understand and the, the signs now lead to what wonders that's why usually signs and wonders or this, in this case wonders and signs is the same thing the signs and the wonders the wonders show a sign something can happen in this place just for you to know that God is in this place so most of the times, even the prophecies that come in this place, they are signs and wonders. Just for you to know that you are in the right place and God does what? God knows you. So sometimes you see that a certain prophecy will come to you and it's like, ah, something you have just been thinking about, something you have just been Then you are like, no, 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 no. I didn't tell the man of God. It is a sign and a what? A wonder. Sometimes even a message may come. And the message is like it's directed towards you. You've not discussed it. Is, that is a sign and a wonder because how does a man of God know this is the exact thing you're going through to, to hammer on it in a certain way? A sign and a wonder is not miracle, heaven's uh, um, opening and things happening. And we have stopped praying. No. Certain little, little things that they are like kind. The miracles are actually what is stopping of rain, is what we call miracle. Dead coming back to our life. That is a miracle. You understand? Am I talking to somebody here? So, signs and wonders are proofs of a true church. And over and over again, we must endeavor, we must always pray to God that Lord, as I go to church today, do a miracle in my life. Do a, give me a sign. Let there be wonders in my life in this week. Am I talking to somebody here? 
Point what? Point seven. The seventh mark of a true church is the ability to hear the voice of God. Acts 13 verse 2. Acts 9 verse 15. Romans 8 verse 14. And so many others. Remember, in the book of Matthew, when we, we were studying, we found out that Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but by my Father, which is where? In heaven. He said, upon this rock I'll build my church. Which rock? The rock of hearing the voice of God. Am I talking to somebody here? And so, if we cannot hear the voice of God, we are not a true church. Jesus said, I have so many things to teach you, but you will not understand. How be it? The Holy Ghost. So listen, the Holy Ghost, somebody said, oh, but I have the, the somebody said, if you have the Bible, you don't need a voice. It's a lie. The Bible actually teaches that you need a voice. So to say to have the Bible, you don't need a voice, is to, is to, I don't know if you understand, is to contradict the Bible. Because the Bible said, they that believe, they will heal the sick. And he said, now, um, 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 now we have the Bible, we don't need healing. Healings don't exist, the miracles don't. We don't need to hear the word of God because the Bible is the word of God. That is true. But the Bible also tells us that God can speak to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I talking to somebody here? So, we must understand that the mark of a true church is that the individual members should be able to hear God tell them, don't go here, sit down, don't eat this food, don't send this money, don't go to this school, don't buy this thing, don't do this thing. That is God speaking unto them. We are not a true church. Man, the co-satire, I prophesy over somebody, you will begin to hear the voice of God Anything that is hindering you from hearing, I command those cataracts to be removed now in the name of Jesus. Sit down for one minute. Hear the voice of God. And even see visions. The Bible says in Romans 8 14, it's a day that are led by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. It's a day at the sun. How does the Holy Spirit lead? He talks to us. I hear God speaks to me. I hear him speak to me. God speaks to me. I hear him speak to me. What scripture were we going to read? Acts 13 verse 2. And as they ministered to the Lord, they ministered, they were singing. Okay? Acts 13 verse 2. They were singing. The Holy Ghost said, who said? Is it in your Bible? The Holy Ghost said. So uh, it is possible. We, it, don't let anybody deceive that prophecies are not real. It is, look at it. And the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the ministry whereunto I have called them. How did the Holy Ghost say? He gave somebody utterance. Suddenly, while they were just singing, ministering, one of the prophets, because in the, in the starting, in the beginning, he said, and there were certain prophets and teachers in Antioch. The verse 1. Give us verse 1. Look at it. Certain prophets and teachers. Do you see that? Have you seen it there? So, it was one of those prophets the Holy Ghost 
spoke true. And the rest of them gave witness because they knew. Ha, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Have you ever been in a prophetic meeting where God is speaking to someone and you feel like, yeah, it is true? Eh? You, 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 you feel like, yes, this is true. Because while God is speaking to the prophet, he's also speaking to you. It, Romans chapter 4 verse 13. Look at Romans 4 verse 13. He said that spirit bears witness. Is that the scripture? Romans 4 13. Look at this. Oh, Roma, hey, Romans 8 13. The verse 14 is the one that said, um, They that are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Oh, give us verse 12. 16. Okay, give us 16. Let me see. 8, 16, 8, give us 8. Let me go there myself. The Spirit itself, give us verse 12, verse 12 and let me see. This one is, 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 is what I want to say, but there's another one, that's why I'm. For as many as are led by, no, verse, 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 uh, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15. For ye have not receive the spirit of bondage. Uh, this is what I, I, was, I was actually doing. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Then the, the, the next one says that the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. And that is why, that is why when you are in a meeting where God is there, you know. When you are in a meeting where God is not there, you can sense it. Is this true it's not true? You can just enter a certain church meeting Everybody is in their life. Something's wrong. Because it is easy for a lot of people to be blinded. In this generation, so many people are blinded. Because so many people are blinded by the devil. Ephesians chapter, chapter 5 is there. We will not look at it. Ephesians 4 is there. Satan has blinded a lot of people's eyes. And listen, if we cannot hear the voice of God, we too, we are blind. If we cannot hear the voice of God, we are what? We are what? And we are not his children. John chapter 10. Give us John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Look at this. Where is my sheep? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Where is it? John chapter 10. And they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. Okay, verse, verse 27. Verse, um, verse 4, you find it there. And verse 27, right? My sheep hear my voice. Look at it. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow. My sheep. If God is your father, why don't you hear his voice? 
Which father does not do correspondence with his children? Do you know correspondence? Which father does not talk to his children? Which father does not call his children every now and then? This is our father. He's not busy. He's all powerful. So he can talk to you every day. All I some of our father is, oh, me, you, my friend, but this is our father. He is not like that. And that is why you must understand that God is always talking. God is always speaking. He wants to find people that he can talk to. Am I talking to somebody here? We must desire as a church to hear the voice of God. There is nothing precious in this life than to hear God speak. Than to hear God speak. The voice of God. May you hear God's voice. May we hear God's voice. Sometimes while I'm there and I'm wondering what to do immediately, I'll just hear, have you done this? Have you called this person? Have you tried this? Like what? The mark of a true church is that they have an ability to hear God talk to them. And in this same point, a mark of a true church is that a true church is able to have visions and dreams. In the book of Acts chapter 9 or so, Peter had visions. Paul had a vision. Ananias in Acts chapter um, 9 verse 15. No, Peter's only, I think it's Acts chapter 10 or so. In Acts chapter 9, Ananias, God appears to Ananias and begins to speak to him about Paul. Listen, church. Let's hear the voice of God. Even in writing exams, I hear God talk. Which one I should forget about? I may just open the book and I'm just reading and I'll just hear the Holy Ghost say, don't disturb yourself with this. Don't disturb yourself with this. yourself with this. My prayer for you is that you will begin to see. You will begin to hear. From tonight, dreams and visions, prophetic experiences upon your life in the name of Jesus. Listen. The Holy Ghost can give you intuitions. You'll be there and something is happening to you. It's like a certain thing you are about to do. Suddenly it's occurring to you. God speaking. This thing will not work. Be careful. Be careful. There has been some times I want to do something. Then I'm like, oh, let me postpone this. Something, something just come up on me. It's called intuition. You may not hear a voice. It's like, if you don't do this, then something will happen. Quickly. Quickly. I have to. The day that um, um I came for last week Thursday. You know, as I was here. Last week Thursday, I came to preach. When I was coming, I was coming to stay and not go back. But while I was preaching, the Holy Ghost said, You must go back to pray. I felt the intuition. I didn't hear a voice. I felt like 
I should go back. So after church, I just said I'm going back to go. Not knowing that was when my wife was going to give me up. As soon as I got there, oh Charlie. As soon as I got there, oh Charlie, you must hear God. That's why I say if that woman doesn't believe that's me, I hear God there. I don't know what what to say. Am I talking to somebody here? We were here about two, about a month ago in the conference when I picked that woman that they said they screwed her and I said she would die. You hardly say, hear me say somebody, if I say somebody will die, don't say that. Because you see, I see you, I see that, you know, and I even told you that I don't think we can pray and change this thing. It's something, and I said, let's just, I even spent about 10 to 15 minutes on it, and I, I even postponed it. On Sunday, when I asked them, you see accident. I told you that. Yeah. for NDC, this regional distance. So he was going for. Uh, <laughs> when we went there, like we crossed the crank mark, they have some forest there. Immediately after the forest, our car hit the certain guy. Hit the certain guy. Listen, it's real. My prayer is that your eyes will be open. Listen. In Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira came to lie to Peter. Peter looked at them this way and said, Ah, ah, Ananias, what is this that you have done? You, you sold the thing for 10,000 cities. You are bringing 3,000 cities. Where is the 7,000 Ghana cities? But you told us that you are pledging 10,000. You are pledging that we will sell everything and bring everything. But you have not brought everything. You died under your carpet and you put it there. Let me tell you something. When I was in SHS, anytime, so, even college, anytime somebody steals something, it is me they call. <laughs> and they sit the, the, the candidates. <laughs> Spiritual IGP. What's all your D for? One day, I'll be Yeah, I'm always praying that God should help me. Oh, yes. And I sit them down, look them in the face. I said, it's not this one, it's this one. Then he said, hey, it's not me. One time, I remember the story. I remember the guy, he was called Gasmela. I remember him. He stole him. Ah. He said, it's this guy, it's not this guy. Then I said, it's not this guy, it's this guy. Then he was trying to argue. Our SP was called Kuma. When I give tests, I mention names. Just in case, go to Facebook, search Kuma Peter, and go and ask him if what I'm saying is a lie. And look at the guy, Gasmela. I said, you are the one who took it. You took the phone at this time of the day. And I, as soon as I'm looking at it, I said, and you called one of your friends and he met you at the entrance and gave it to him to send it and go and keep it in the house. And as I'm speaking, right, it's in your friend's house. Is it true? It's not true. Then the guy was now murmuring. Uh, uh, I wanted to, uh, and they got the phone. College, the same thing happened. College, here, here. One guy, I forgot him whether it was a phone or something. 
for him, I can't mention it because he changed. He pretended like something. I look at him, I say, hey, sit down. And I described how the thing was stolen and where the thing is now. My prayer is that you will hear and see. Receive an anointing. Receive it. Now, say, I receive it. I receive it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Shake. This thing is real. There are so many people I prophesy to, and I don't. Ah, don't when I hear them testify, I'm like, so you have this testimony then I've never heard it. Just that I, I mean, I easily forget because they are plenty. For instance, it will come on Tuesday to do. Ah, when I'm talking, I talk like a joke. Look, when people come and see me and I'm teaching, they just think, oh, hey, hey, teacher. I see, yet not I the see. I see, yet not I the see. There is a burning spirit within me, oh. I see, yet not I. I see. But the interesting part of it is that we don't see everything. That's what makes God. Makes God. Clap your hands for God. Amen. This is a gift. And it's a mark of a true church. A bishop must be able to see. A shepherd must be able to see. A Christian must be able to see. Seeing and hearing the voice of God is not only for pastors and preachers and prophets. We must see because God speaks to his children. My sheep, are you Christ's sheep? Are you Christ's sheep? If you are Christ's sheep, you must hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I'm known by them. My sheep hear my voice and I'm known of them and they follow me. Look at it. My sheep hear my voice. Lord, let your word be fulfilled in my life because I'm your sheep. May I hear your voice. Somebody pray this prayer. May I hear your voice. May I hear your voice. May I hear your voice. I'm your sheep. May I hear your voice. For one minute. Let's pray this prayer for one minute. I'm your sheep. May I hear your voice. And Sokata. And Manosa. I'm your sheep, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sit down for me. Point eight. The mark of a true church. Healings, miracles, and prophecies. Bless you. Point eight. Healings. Miracles and prophecies. I've talked about that already. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. Give us 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. I've spoken about healings. I've spoken about prophecy. In healings, in, is, that, is that follow after charity. Where is charity? Hey. Follow after charity and desires, desire what? Desire what? Spiritual gifts. But rather that you may prophesy. He was talking to a church. He said, desire to prophesy. 
Is there anybody here who desires to prophesy? A prophetic anointing will come upon you. In the name of Jesus. Desire to prophesy. Listen, there are in the prophetic, eh, there, are, there are different kinds of prophets. Oh. There are different, different kinds of prophets. There is a prophet that can only tell you your name, your address, your date of birth, all those powerful, powerful things, your problems. But when they speak, it doesn't come to pass. When they speak concerning the future, it doesn't come to pass. Those prophets, they shouldn't deserve themselves. They should pray to God to give them that grace. If God doesn't give them that grace, they shouldn't disturb themselves. Those prophets also exist for a reason. They exist to give the church direction and insight into what is actually happening. Somebody will say, oh, oh, but um, address and date of they are not important. They are important. What they are here, what they are here, what they are here, what they are here, what they that's why they exist. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here? And there are prophets who can see into the future and give you in details. Now there are some who can see about now and they can see in the, in the future. And Paul is saying desire. I, I desire to see. Is there anybody here like that? I desire to see. On this chair, they just want money. They said they just don't want to see. To see. Paul said, desire the spirit. So the, the eighth point is that every true church has healings. Have we prayed for people here and they've been healed before? Are you sure? Healings, miracles, and prophecies. If a church does not experience those things, the church is sick. The church is sick. So many churches are sick. They are sick spiritually. That's why their members are sick physically. A spiritual church will have sick, physically sick members. When a church is sick spiritually, the members will also be sick physically. Paul said it. For this cause, many of you are sick. And many of you have died. Because you do not know how to discern. To discern is to be spiritual about the Lord's body. Point nine. I'm giving you 12 points. Point nine. Point nine. The mark of a church is that. The ninth mark is being full of the Holy Ghost and faith. You are not just full of the Holy Ghost, you are also full of faith. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that the, the Holy Ghost came upon all of them. How many of them? All of them. And all they prayed for, the Holy Ghost came upon them. In Acts chapter 3, verse 8, when Peter went and healed the lame guy by the beautiful gate, the Bible says, and Peter and the Holy Ghost, Peter full of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 4, the Bible said the Holy Ghost came upon. You see, the Holy Ghost was seen in their church. That's why those miracles were happening. If our church would be a Holy Ghost church, oh, church, we will see prophecies. Hi. Why am I teaching these things? Because we are going somewhere. 
We are going somewhere as a church. It is when you are full of the Holy Ghost that somebody come to this church and the person has a problem and you don't have to bother pastor. So, oh, 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 don't worry. Let me just do this work for him. I'm, I, in this church, I only clean this place, but this thing is nothing for me to do. Show, have you not seen me healing the sick before? Have I not told you how to heal the sick before? The difference is full of the Holy Ghost. He says, stretch your leg. Where's the pain? He said, here. Do like this. Do like this. In the name of Jesus. I command every pain. Disappear now. They will check. They're like, hey, it's gone. I can't believe it. You are a bishop. He said, no, I'm not a bishop. I'm a bookshop. A true church must be full of the Holy Ghost and power. Jesus said, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witness. Listen, a true church must have power. Somebody say power. Not powder. Some people have powder, some have power. Go and listen to my message called power. There's a message like that, power, something power. Yes, power. Somebody say power. We must be full. Do you know that in the book of Acts chapter 6, they were selecting people to do church work. Those who play keyboard, drums. Let's look at their qualification. Acts chapter 6, verse, verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of one, honest report, Two, full of the Holy Ghost. Three, wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Let's go. Give us verse five. Now look at this. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. A man full of what? Ah, ah. Do you know the work they were going to do? They were going to clean cooking utensils and feed people. Pantre men, full of the Holy Ghost. Take us back to the, be- the best, the be- best trade. And feed. look at this. good report, full of the Holy Ghost. Wisdom. Do you need wisdom to clean tables? Do you think you even need wisdom to cook? You need common sense. You need knowledge. What were they trying to say? They were trying to say, give us Christians. Because every Christian should have this. Full of the Holy Ghost. Wisdom. Good report. All these things are normal characteristics of believers. So just give us seven Christians in your midst. Just do this and this and about. Go and read Acts chapter 6, the whole chapter. And read about Stephen. One of my favorite characters in the Bible. The guy who summarized the whole Bible. He was the one who boosted my, com- my confidence in Bible study. That I said that I should be able to summarize. I can summarize the whole Bible. From Genesis, I can summarize the Bible. The whole Old Testament. Because of Stephen. Do you know what he was? He was a deacon, a shepherd. But he was full of the... Listen, a true church must have members who are full of the Holy Ghost. You have a bad dream, you wake up. You don't pick a phone and start calling pastor. Pastor, 
na ye bi amansom na na djuma brɛ o ibadde boa me ma brɛ abba i'm tired ah don't you see that now when you even tell me you do i say oh this way this way this way it's it's cancel this ah abroso ma brɛ wate i'm tired You have a dream and an ant has bitten you. Pastor! I had a dream. There were ants biting me. I don't understand it. I've been in church for 40 years. There's a problem with you. Pointer? We are getting there. We are getting there. Pointer! A mark of a true church, evangelistic church. Matthew 28 verse 18 Evangelistic church Jesus gave them an, an instruction verse 19 going and when we look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8 we see that Jesus also gave them another instruction you shall receive power after the holy ghost and you shall be my witnesses and in Acts chapter 2 we see that immediately they started witnessing to the lost in Acts chapter 3 with Acts 4 Acts 5 Acts 6 by Acts 7 they had gotten angry and they started killing them Stephen was dead in Acts 7 Paul went around Acts 7 Acts 8 9 10 11 12 13 13, 13. 13. Philip is going to Cornelius house um, um, what's his name um, Peter's will I mean you see witnessing throughout the Bible even to Acts chapter 28 Apostle Paul on the altar when a viper bites him he gets down he starts preaching the gospel listen every true church must have a heart for Christ evangelism must be what we love to do we should be ashamed of ourselves that we just get up and just bath ourselves and come to church All you do is bath yourself. You can't invite your friend to church. But you can invite your friend to a birthday party. How are you? I saw that you were not well. How are you? You are fine now. Now you are okay. I saw it. Now you are fine. Yeah, when we started, I saw that she was sick. Oh, you were not sick. So that. But now we are fine. Are you sure? How many people saw it? Even her face had danced away. She had done more and more as a way. I saw it. And now she's laughing. Look at her teeth. and her dimples. Amen. We must have a heart for others. That's how we say we are filling our church. Every true church must go out and win the lost. <clears throat> is a mark of a true church. I want to see you invite somebody to church on Sunday. 
I want to see you invite somebody to church on Wednesday. Let me ask you a question. Who brought you here? Who invited you? James. Since you came, have you been blessed? Are you sure? You've really been blessed. Your life has changed. So you see that if James had not invited you, you understand. So that is why we must understand that when we are we are trying to let somebody join our faith, or I mean, somebody's being a blessing, want a person to come also come and express the same blessing, the same message. We are helping their lives, their destiny. That was what the church was concerned about. They constantly kept bringing more people. We're not in a bush and We're not in say abba. Because listen, the word of God is not common in our days. That's what we don't know. It's not common in our days. And if you find a church where the word of God is being preached, you must let somebody else be in that church. Your friend must be in that church. Your family must be in that church. Even your enemies must be invited because the mark of a true church is bringing more of Christ and the world food. Am I preaching the word of God? The whole book of Acts is a book of evangelistic escapades. <laughs> evangelistic escapades Voyages and adventures. The whole book of Acts, hey, you can check it in your in your destiny. The whole book of Acts is a book of evangelistic adventures, voyages, and escapades. Have you seen it? What is an escapade? Adventure. Daring. Listen, in Acts chapter 3, eh, they called Peter and James and John and they said, hey, we are warning you, don't preach the name of Jesus again. Keep quiet. And they said, who should we listen to? They were dead. He said, should we listen to a man or we should listen to you? I remember many years ago, it's a very funny story. My father said, you can't serve God and live under this roof. I also looked at him. I said, then I don't want to be your son. I said, then I won't be your son. Remove me from your children. Dare! Are you daring enough? There's somebody in this church. I forgot the person. Got a job. They said, oh, you are, will be on Sundays. You have to still come to church on Wednesday. They said, this job can't be done. Somebody here, they said, Who shall we leave? Then they do you know what they pulled them here. They put Peter, old man like Peter, they put him on the table. A church, oh, churches were lashing people for preaching the gospel. They put them there, and they about to slash, 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 about 12 or 15 or 30 or something lashing. And do you know what? When they were done, they were happy. Say, Yes, finally, I've also been killed because of Jesus, I've been persecuted because of Jesus, because of Jesus, I have also been lashed. Be a Kinesi Me too. One day, 
when I meet Peter, I look him in the eye. I said, Peter, you are not the only one who was last. Me too. I was, I was last for saving God. Really last. You can ask Julia, she was there. Seven. There are two tables. for serving God. Then you can be an apostle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Evangelistic escapades, adventures and voyages. A voyage is traveling on, on sea. To discover new places. They were willing to take the gospel to any place. Today, when a Christian travels abroad, his Christianity is finished. A pastor will go abroad and go and become a businessman. When you know the Lord has blessed him, not now. You ask, what do you do? I stand them. Oh yeah, we are trying. We are trying. Obua, washiase, washiase, obua. The pastor account say no. We need to make money and then. Support them. which ministry? The ministry is dead. They're making money to support which ministry? If you go to any place, the gospel must go with you. Everywhere I've gone to, the gospel went. Everywhere I went, Jesus went. My classroom, Jesus went. I traveled to a town, Jesus goes. Everywhere I go, Jesus must go. I don't hide it. That is what we are meaning by we must be an evangelistic church. We must not hide Jesus in our lives. Oh boy, Drew Sunday and I'm for your son. Ah, hey, Drew, come sorry. It's like on a Sunday when they see you, you're like, ah, are you going for us? What time should be invited for outdoor in Bia? I said, that'd be a Miko church. They say, hey, do Miko church. You are not living an evangelistic life. A true church is evangelistic. Can I get an amen to that? That's what Jesus said. Let your mind, your, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father which is in heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. In the verse 13 and 14 or so, he said, verse 13 said, You are the salt of the earth. He said, If the salt loses silver, what is it used for? He said, It is put on the ground and trampled under feet by men. Again, you are the light of the world. Eh? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Let your light shine. Neither do men. Okay, okay. Neither do men. My men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And he give a light unto all that are in where? In the house. Every man must know you for being a Christian. Hey. Every man. Next verse. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father, which is where. Amen. See your good deeds. Your good deeds is let men know you are a child of God. One time, a guy said, We went to school, right? We were about to write exams. People were gathered there. Where? Tell the story. So they don't say, I'm lying. Uh huh. Yes. She was coming in. <laughs> 
she was limping. Like this. We were climbing our steps to work right there. And, and Papa asked her, What is wrong with you? She said, Oh, my leg. Yeah. Yes, and she said, Oh, she had an accident. Then he asked her, Can I pray for you? And then she said, Oh, no, I don't. And there, there were people passing by. And Papa prayed for her. He said, Oh, by the time we finish the exams, you'll be free. And the lady, she finished before us. She came to pass on our veranda and she was not even there. And people saw it when Papa was free. People were there. Say, I'll be there. I'm not shy. I have the anointing. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Oh, it was a mistake. I asked, Can I pray for you? Because there are some people they don't want you to pray for them. They are happy about it because so I said, right there, I stressed. I said, the name of Jesus, I pray for him. Let your light shine before men. Light doesn't mean go and dress fine and be walking around. Hey, me Sunday, me pastor. Yeah, oh, me duku. Yeah, oh, me shoe. Hey, say that. Obiaba, we say, we just say, what day, what dress? And yeah, no, no, light, you know? Colors are colors. And yeah, no, no, light, you know? Your life must express Christianity. Your life must express Christianity. Somebody must see and say, "Yes, this is a real. This is a real Christian. This is a real Christian." Obua ni timude, ni timude, ni timude, ni timude, ni timude, ni timude. Ni nadiye. You can't be this kind of Christian. Men must see your good deeds. Paul said, Look at me. Learn from me. As I follow Christ. And I'm also telling the church to look at me and learn from me as I also learn from Christ. Jesus was always ready to help people if he had the help. Jesus loved people. He gave his life to people. We as a church, as an evangelistic church, must give our lives to people. That's why our church is called Hallelujah Faith Missions. Hallelujah Faith Mission. It's not like the mission there is because we are we are on an agenda. It's not Hallelujah Faith dancing. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah Faith dancing church. Hallelujah Faith dancing church. AMD. Hallelujah, faith dancing. Hallelujah, faith dancing. If I go to jail and I don't dance, then I didn't go to church. Yeah, then don't come to our church. This is not hallelujah, faith dancing. It's a mission. 
It's a mission. We are on a mission. We are an evangelistic church. We must extend our lives, the impact of our lives. I expect you to be sharing the messages with others. That's what we must be doing. Your friends must hear your pastor. Don't just post on your start to send it to them. You are chatting with them. They are saying, ah, this is your thing. My pastor has answered that. This, this is your problem. Let me send you an order. They continue steadfastly. Whose doctrine? The apostles' doctrine. You must continue steadfastly in my doctrine. Paul said to Timothy, thou hast known my doctrine, my way of life. I have a doctrine which is the same as the Bible and I have a way of life which is the same as so I have legitimacy to tell you that let people hear my messages bless their lives with my messages point 11 we are almost done the mark of a true church is leadership every true church must have leadership and administration any church without leadership and administration is sick that's why the day pastor doesn't come to church the people don't come when they know that bishop has traveled they don't come to church because the church lacks true leadership and administration every church must have leadership and true administration. Administration, how are we going to run in the early church? Had administration, leadership. There was nothing they did without consulting the apostles. The apostles said, it is not good for us to lead the ministry of the word and prayer and go and serve to That's administration. Therefore, select among you administration. Those who will clean, those who play drums, those who do this, those who keep money, administration. Maybe next week, Thursday or something, I'll teach you what we use church money for. It's part of the series. Hey, the teaching of the series is the church. So the next time somebody says, oh, the church is all about business and master. Even fan clubs are not a business, not to talk of a church. And in fan clubs, they do donations, contributions. They, do, they take offerings and other. They don't call it offering. But even in fan clubs, they take dues. Because every organization that does not run um, buying and selling must raise funds to be sustained. Every organization. Here we don't sell water, we don't sell, therefore we must raise funds to run the ministry. Every organization. That's why the MPP and NDC, NDC they do fund because they don't do but MPP doesn't do buying and selling. Every church must be administered. Robust leadership. Write the following scriptures down. Acts chapter 4, verse 34. What is the whole book of Acts? Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 4, verse 34. Acts chapter 6, verse 2. Acts chapter 16, verse 4. First Thessalonians 4, verse 2. 
so many. They had people that did other things. They had authority. In this church, I have authority. Every church must have an authority figure. That when the person speaks, everybody must sleep. And everybody, if you if you see, if you can't do what I tell you, you can't be my church church member. And that's what, if that's why you go to some church, there are contentious and problems. Because when pastors say, they say they won't do it. Me in this church, if I say you can't do it, you have to go. You have to go. Why are you in our church when you can't do what we say? We say, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You have to go. Where is that your church? Go to Akasim. There are churches all over the place. That is why some people say, AFM can be my pastor. AFM can be my pastor. Hey! Rabbi can be my pastor. Because it's very interesting. <laughs> we must have an authority figure that speaks and things are done. That's a true church. Any church that has two heads is a beast. It's about to give you the mark of a, the mark of the beast. Which is this is this. How is a church having two founders? Two head pastors. Every church, the Roman church, they have a pope. The pope is the head. Pentecost, they have their chairman. Assemblies of God, they have their general superintendent. And when you come to downtown, they have a head, 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 head. Even when you go to the local assembly, there's a one person who, when he speaks, everybody must hear him speak. You don't go and it's like everybody, when you go to Pentecost, there's a presiding, there's a reason. The reason is because of administration. So that in this small place, which is called our branch, we have a presiding elder. That when this presiding elder says this, even though we don't have a pastor here, everybody must say yes, yes, sir, master. And when the pastor also comes and says, "Hey, presiding," he says, "Yes, sir, master." When the apostle, the district pastor, uh, the area head says, "Hey," he says, "Yes, sir, master." That's how it is. Until then. That's what will lead to competition because this pastor feels like I'm also important, I'm bigger than this pastor, and I'm bigger. This person says, me, I'm richer than the pastor, so I think I am. In this church, Christ is the head, and I'm the mouthpiece. <laughs> Can I get an amen to that? Christ is the head, and I'm the mouthpiece. If Christ wants to rebuke you, he will rebuke you through me. If Christ wants to correct you, he will correct you through me. I am his mouth. Am I talking to somebody here? And somebody here could be the handle. The one who is opening the door is Christ's hand. The one who is cleaning the church is Christ's hand. Hey! <laughs> there are some people, they are Christ's pocket. Those keeping the money and calculate, they are Christ's pockets. It's not Paul who said all of us are members of one body. But in this church, I'm the mouth. Hey. Yeah, the legs. Uh, <laughs> point 12 when we are done. Every good church, true church, must do this one. If any church does not do this, the church is dead and sick. Looking for the next coming of Jesus Christ. Looking for the next coming. Acts chapter 1 verse 11. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. 
the book of second Thessalonians first Thessalonians chapter 3 let's look at Acts chapter 1 verse 11 look at it. ye men of Galilee why stand ye gazing into heaven this same Jesus somebody said this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall come shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven every true church must look forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ if a church does not have Christ's coming in view there's a problem every church must have the afterlife in view that the thing I'm doing in, I'm doing now the things we are doing now if we die today happy with us? Would Jesus be happy with us? That is having the next life in view. There's a certain song those days we used to sing when we were in Pentecost. I have another world in view. I have another world in view. My Savior to prepare me a place. I have another world in view. My Savior's come to prepare me a place. I have another world in view. Who has heard it before? Hey! Pentecost. I have another word in view. My Savior has God. Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions there. If it were not so, I would say to you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus is coming again. Are you prepared for his coming? If he doesn't come in your lifetime, you will still die. Are you prepared for his coming? The Bible says it is appointed unto one. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. It's appointed unto man to die but once. My God. And after this, the judgment. You see that? It is appointed unto man to die, but after this, the judgment. Every church must look up to the judgment. All of us will face Christ. He is going to give us rewards. Some people say, I'm, I'm very disappointed in you. Some will say, you could have done more, but you tried. Some will say, you are good and a faithful servant. You are good and a faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. My prayer for this church is that may we be a true church. May we receive a reward when he comes. When he appears, may we be known by him. In the name of Jesus. Begin to pray, begin to pray.